probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Michelle Ashey. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a pleasure so far, talking about this uh, white text on a black background. Yeah. I'm not sure if I like the font choice. I kind of wish they'd redo it. How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Isn't it, the, isn't it the John Carpenter font for all of this, Albertus? I have no idea. It looks like it. It looks like the same font he uses for literally everything. Yeah, the Halloween They should have made it all glowing like and ripping apart like the beginning titles. Yeah, I'm sure that would have been real easy to do. (laughs) I'm sure someone could have done it. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're talking about uh, minute 107 of the thing, which starts with uh, some of the credits for the crew of the uh, special effects team, the makeup effects team, and ends a minute later with the cooks. Um, So my first note is that uh, there were 24 people on the special makeup effects crew, which is like by like 20 people, the largest department on the whole crew, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder nowadays like how many people are on special effects teams, like if this was more than most movies at the time. Yeah, that's a good question. I'd be curious to look at something like, you know, like American Werewolf in London or something else that came out right around the same time and had like a pretty big, you know, special effects kind of. Yeah. budget curious i wonder if it is more or less than what what's normal i know this movie allocated a huge percentage of the budget to to the makeup effects team well i'm glad they did yeah i mean obviously Imagine if the, <laughs> like everything looked like shit like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's certainly it's it's I, i've come to appreciate a lot of other things about this movie while doing the podcast but yeah the makeup effects and the monsters clearly are the the main draw and the most memorable thing about the movie for for most people yeah so, yes, all 24 of these people did a fantastic job. Um, uh, and I looked up all 24, and here's my... I'm just kidding. I did not do that. <laughs> One post-it per name. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I did not do that. But uh, we we brought this up before, but uh, at the end of that crew, there's a special thanks for Stan Winston. Yeah. And uh, I think you had some notes about, about that. Special thanks to Stan Winston. He also worked on Terminator the awesome scene where like he rips off his face right i think he did all the big special effects for that movie like him being crushed and yeah and then with the the, like like, weird stop motion thing where he's like walking through the factory i don't know if he did the stop motion well Uh, that might have been a different team but he was i think he did he was the head of that whole special effects team i think and he did like the the whole like the eye cutting thing and well yeah and then in t2 he won an oscar for it that's right for visual effects and makeup. Um, also for 1993, a visual effects winner, Jurassic Park and Aliens. I don't know what he did, but I wrote Alien. Alien or Aliens? Both I don't know. of them? You tell me. I have no idea. Well, you wrote it down. I just wrote notes. Stan Winston. <laughs> um, well, we can also say his school, the Stan Winston School, is still around and trains uh, special effects artists uh, to this day. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it looks like it was Aliens. Um, Alien Effects Creator. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, he's got tons of uh, credits to his name for all kinds of different departments, actually, but mostly uh, special effects. I was a little surprised. He also, I think he was involved in almost all the Terminator movies, Mm -hmm. even three and four. That is interesting to bring him on for, uh, yeah, for three and for Terminator Salvation, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a legend in, in the kind of genre film world, for sure, for people who kind of know a little bit more about special effects than the average moviegoer. Um, and uh, yeah, and, uh, just in case people don't remember, why he got the special thanks in this movie is because he did the uh, a big chunk of the dog effect in this movie because um, Rob Bottin was so far behind and they, they brought Stan Winston in to do just this one part. But uh, he's sounds like he's such a nice guy because he uh, he declined a credit for the movie because he knew this movie was going to be a special effects masterpiece and he didn't want to take away from Rob Bottin's work, which is such a nice <laughs> thing to do. Um, uh, so yeah, he, he came in and did that one part, which is fantastic. It's one of the best effects in the movie. Um, so that's why he gets the special thanks. It's the part where the dog's going crazy. Yeah, I think, I don't know if he did all of the dog or I know the the part for sure that he did was when when they walk in, when everybody comes back and sees the dog and it's like, when it like roars and it's all like brown and mus- muscly looking and Eww. and it's cool. They talk about uh, how basically that the dog was designed to be the shape of a human shoulder so that a, a man could be under the floor with his arm in it. And That's if you smart. look at it, it looks exactly like a shoulder if you know what to look yeah. for. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I know he did that part and he may have done all of the dog stuff. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but definitely that one part at least. So, uh, other things, uh, yeah, next, the next credit I thought was interesting was one called special wigs. Yeah. So, um, what is a special wig and who, well, first of all, the people involved, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Vivian Walker and mm-hmm. Josephine Turner. Um, um, I looked up Vivian Walker, um, what the, do you have on her? The thing was her last movie. She was sixty-eight. She's sixty-eight years old when she was working on the thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and I like to think she had something to do with Kurt's hair. <gasps> no. Do you think it's not a wig? Well, who's maybe John Carpenter as Kurt Russell? Oh, <laughs> you know, you know the way to my heart. <laughs> I do love that scene where you see the lanky John Carpenter playing McCready when they get out of the helicopter. Well, I was trying to think, like, what other wig moments would there? Be. Well, it might just be like for stunt for the stunt guys when they're doubling for yeah. other people, like because, like, well, I don't know though, because it's funny. The more I'm thinking about that, it's mostly bald guys. It's yeah, Blair and <laughs> and um, Childs are the two that have stunt doubles, but are well, I know they have stunt. They're played by different stuff. And most of the time, they're wearing hoods. Yeah, that's true. Or hats. <laughs> you think Jed is wearing a wig? The dog. Oh god. <laughs> but anyway, Hollywood scandal. So like the last episode i decided that we should do a top best wig movies or worst wig movies and this and or (laughs) because i had a hard time finding interesting stuff about wigs just like hairstyles yeah just awesome hairstyles (laughs) so do you have i have five movies to mention what do you i don't really have any in order yeah i don't have them like countdown or anything But I really like Daryl Hannah's hair in Blade Runner. Yes, I have Blade Runner written down too. Blade Runner's it's got pretty epic. Got great hair all around. <laughs> um, uh, what's her name too? The uh, the the love interest. Um, ugh, I can't remember her name. Well, she was in the new movie too. Yeah. Um, 
like that weird like CGI version of herself that looked surprisingly good. Yeah, Rachel. Uh, yes, Rachel. Rachel has really cool hair too. I cannot. I can't believe I can't remember her the actress's name. But anyways, she has really cool hair. Yeah. But Daryl Hannah's character for sure. Definitely. Um, I had the only movie I could think of that had interesting wig stuff is Mulholland Drive because that movie's all about like, you know, taking on like a different like Hollywood persona and it's all this stuff tied in with like Vertigo and La Jete and stuff and they're in uh, 12 Monkeys. And um, uh, yeah, so there's the whole scene where they put on uh, blonde wigs and stuff like that. 12 Monkeys is another good one too I hadn't thought about until just now where they put on wigs at the end when they're trying to oh, yeah. become different people, which is like, you know, they're both riffing Bruce off. Willis with hair? Yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis wears <laughs> that weird, like, blonde guy wig. Um, both of which are, like, riffing off the whole vertigo, like, turning into another person thing. Yeah. Um, The real, the only real wig that I had was Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> which is amazing. His wig looks awesome. It looks like he grew it out himself. <laughs> That's a good wig job. <laughs> that is a masterpiece of makeup movie for sure. It is. Did it win an Oscar? It should have. I don't know, but yeah, that's one. Of, that was one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid. I watched that VHS tape more, literally more than any other movie for sure, hundred like, percent. I thought he was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent choice. Uh, yes, and best uh, best face mask as well. Definitely. <laughs> um, the next, the other three I had on my list are just movies with great hair. And I'm going to throw out one that I think some listeners to this podcast will like. Return to the Living Dead. Yeah. All the good punk hair. <laughs> Lots of good mohawks and, you know, cool stuff like Sets that. Sets the tone. Definitely <laughs> does. Love those characters. Um, I guess this could be more of an actor with great hair, but Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Anton oh, Chigurh. Yeah. <laughs> and then also in Skyfall. What's his name in Skyfall? Oh, man. Um... I can't remember. We just watched this too. But yeah, I can't remember its character name. But he always has With the rats. weird, <laughs> <laughs> super weird hair. And I really love his like 1930s uh, young boy haircut. His bob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his bangs. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, when that movie came out, I remember him talking about how he he was quoted as saying when they, cause I don't think that's a wig. I think no, they I cut think his hair like hair. that. Cause I remember there being a trivia or a news story about him saying, Oh, I'm never going to get laid now. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there was something too, uh, for a while about like the weirder his haircut in a movie, the better chances he would get nominated for an Oscar yeah. or something. <laughs> cause he's cause, really good in Skyfall and it's like bleach blonde, yeah, like combed back. It looks very different for him. Yeah. And I was trying to, in, um, because right around the same time in No Country, he did um, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, but I don't really remember his hair. I think hair his hair that. was normal in Pretty that. Normal. I mean, he seduces two beautiful women, so he probably doesn't he had have to that, have a good haircut. Doesn't have the Anton Chigurh <laughs> haircut, probably, yeah. where he looks like a penis. Kind of. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next one on my list was uh, Rosemary's Baby. For <gasps> oh, that's iconic. The classic uh, pixie cut. That yeah. was that was. A, it's funny for a horror movie to have like. It seems like that was like the original um, Rachel thing where like a haircut like totally defined like a whole generation of yeah. fashion in a movie. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely a, an important one. That's a cool one. And they even talk about it. Like she gets her haircut in the movie, right? Yeah, Like she goes out so. and is like, what did you do to your hair? <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute because since I've seen awful. it. it's awful. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. Um... This one, it's another sci-fi film, but I picked Lilu in The Fifth Element. 
Ooh, good pick. It's like bright orange and it's weird. It's not like dreads, but it's like curled and I don't know. I thought it was like a bob kind of thing. Well, it is like above her shoulders, but then like each, there's like each strand is kind of like twisted together. Oh, yeah. Or does she have like the puka shells in her hair or something? It, she could. <laughs> like that's what it kind of looks like. <laughs> and then on the very top, it's still like bleach blonde and the rest is orange. Uh, you think that's her natural hair? No, I think. What do you mean, Mila Jovovich? What's it? Jovovich. Jovovich. I'm pretty sure she's naturally dark haired. I don't think she's naturally neon orange. No, probably not. Uh, Yeah, that's a movie that we keep wanting to rewatch, and for at least the third time in recent memory, we've thought we owned it and realized we did not. Yeah, which I don't know how it's possible. We need to order it so that we can watch it. I'm pretty sure I've been watching it since I was like ten. Yeah. Also, Bruce Willis has bleach blonde hair in that movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot he has hair in it. <laughs> Which must be a wig, because we all know Bruce Willis has never had hair. Eh, it might be real what's, what was remaining of his hair back then. It's <laughs> <laughs> a comb over. Yeah. Um, for my last one, is kind of it's very similar to the Rosemary's Baby one, and this is where I'm going to get all like film nerd on everybody. Mm. Uh, uh, Jean Seberg from Breathless. Like, um, anybody knows what that is. Uh, shout out, all you French New Wave fans. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, yeah, she, very similar haircut to the Rosemary's Baby one, but like 15 years earlier. Well, actually, probably not that much earlier, I guess, because they were both... I always forget Rosemary's Babies is like... Rosemary's Babies. The sequel. <laughs> the sequel yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, the devil's back. <laughs> I think Rosemary's Baby came out in like 69 or 68, which seems crazy. I always think it's later, but yeah. And Breathless is like early to mid sixties. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, she had the same kind of like pixie cut and, you know, French girl striped shirt. Very, yeah. very iconic. Look. Like Amy Lee. Yeah. Mm. Kind of. Um, um, I had a few others, but I don't, they're not, I don't know. Yeah, just, just list them off. Give me what you got. All of Ripley's hair do's and all the aliens. She goes mm-hmm. through a very transformative process. Well, yeah, she goes from giant curly hair to shaved head. Yeah. In the middle, it's like short curly hair. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the aliens look the best, I think. Yeah. Good um, one. And then the girl with the dragon tattoos. That's kind of like with what you said with the return of the living dead. The like punk style. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I was trying to think in the... Cause yeah, she had, does she have a mohawk the whole time in the first movie, or the, like the David Fincher one? David Fincher, she kind of changes it up. She has, she definitely has a mohawk at some point, but she also lets it down at others. And oh, well, and then she obviously she wears wigs when she's doing the whole like yeah con artist thing at the end of the movie too. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the Swedish versions in a while. I had to rewatch those, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember how. Um, uh, what's her name? Numi. Numi Repace. Yeah. Um. I don't remember her hair as well as I remember. I don't think it was as crazy, but I really can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. But I do think they both legit got uh, got pier- a whole bunch of piercings for those roles. Yeah. I feel like I read that somewhere. I think that was true. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> and uh, then I had one more for my best and worst hair, which mm-hmm. is debatable, and you're really going to like it. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice. Yeah. Uh, I had several friends in high school who had the Lloyd Christmas uh, bowl cut for sure. And one of, one of my friends, one of my neighbors actually growing up, not only had the Lloyd Christmas bowl cut, but also had a chipped tooth just like yeah. Lloyd Christmas. Uh, he He's looked a perfect cosplayer. A lot like him. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, 
Yeah, good call. Great haircuts. And by great, I mean awful haircuts. And then just as a bonus, look up Colin Farrell and Alexander. I did. I saw that. Just for the listeners out there. (laughs) You won't believe your eyes. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen that movie, but I was looking for uh, best and worst wigs in movies. And that came up a lot in worst wigs. It's ridiculous. It's really funny. I didn't recognize him. It looks absurd. (laughs) Definitely worth looking up. Um, Cool. So that's our special, that concludes our special wigs segment of the show for today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so some other interesting credits. So ma- the main title sequence is by, uh, says it's designed by Visual Concept Engineering. Um, so I looked them up. That's a company that was uh, created by Peter Curran, who was worked at Industrial Light and Magic. And then he split off and formed his own company, Visual Concept Engineering, after Empire Strikes Back. And then, uh, uh, that company that he headed has 84 credits. They worked on a whole bunch of movies, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of connections with Star Wars and this movie that I, I didn't really expect. Um, a lot of the special effects crew, um, which is the same for the next thing. Um, RGB Optical, who it says they do optical effects, which I think those are the guys who are doing like the compositing and stuff like that, or like you know putting together the matte paintings with the live action film and stuff like that. That was uh, James Hagedorn, Hagedorn, I don't know how you say it, but yeah, RGB Optical is his company, and he worked on Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the Back to the Future movies, and interestingly enough, (gasps) E.T., that traitor. I think he's the only person I found in all the credits. Were you doing the E.T. thing? Yeah, I was trying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The only one who worked on both The Thing and E.T., which is interesting because we talked about it. He worked on a lot of good movies. Yeah. A whole it's bunch. Crazy. I mean, a lot of these guys went on to work on really big stuff, which is. I guess cool. once you get in on like one good movie for effects, you're like set for life. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's funny too because it seems like they a lot of these guys work together in various. Like, I don't know if the optical guys ever had any contact with like the cinema, like with Dean Cundy, like cinematography. But like, they both worked on like the Back to the Future trilogy, and you know, they had a lot of movies in common. So maybe they, yeah. maybe they did kind of travel together, or maybe they both worked for the same like production company. I don't know. But um, yeah, he was the only one that worked for E.T. and The Thing, which was, I thought was interesting because they were like, E.T.'s yeah, the movie that put this one out of business. <laughs> um, so and then the main part of this credit and really the last section of credits for the whole movie is for the British Columbia crew, um, Stuart British Columbia, where they filmed all the exterior, most of the exterior stuff of the actual set up there. Um, so some notes I had about some of those guys, uh, set decorator Graham Murray, um, he, I thought it was interesting. He had uh, credit of doing 67 episodes of the X Files, including Ice, which is the episode that is Ooh. like a ripoff of the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was interesting to think about like that a huge chunk of X Files was uh, set decorated by the same guys, the thing. So maybe there's some yeah, he's common like, I'll props. Just go to my garage real quick and like bring back all the stuff we need. <laughs> yeah, so I really, I haven't watched rewatched it since I started doing the podcast. I really want to watch that Ice episode and see. Not only just like stuff in common with the thing, but knowing this too, I wonder if there, there might even be some props in common and stuff. Yeah. Who knows? I wonder if they would they have permission to do that. I don't know. I mean, it'd be it's his such stuff. a ripoff. Like, were they just doing an homage to the thing? Well, yeah, X Files did that all the time. They did that Terminator ripoff episode. Too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they ripped off a lot of stuff. Or not ripped off, but like riffed on. I guess like they did their own version of it. Let's see. I need flares, a parka, kerosene, dog food. Wow, who knew moving to an Antarctic base would be so expensive? And I haven't even started looking for roller skates and giant hats yet. 
It's a good thing I'm using Amazon so I can get the best price and get this stuff fast. And since I'm using thethingminute.com slash Amazon, a small portion of my purchase goes to help The Thing Minute to help support the podcast. Now, if I can just get some of the listeners to use thethingminute.com slash Amazon, I might just be able to afford that flamethrower. And we have a costume supervisor, Trish Keating. So this might be another person responsible for the whole uh, child's uh, coat controversy. Who knows? Um, We may never know. uh, One interesting credit for her that I thought was worth mentioning is White Fang 2, the the myth of the white wolf. And do you know why that's an interesting? No. (laughs) Because guess who played White Fang? Jed? Jed. Oh, they were reunited. It's true. <laughs> Jed was, uh, he was more, probably more famous for doing that. He was in both the White Fang movies as White Fang. Aw. Uh, so, yeah. Must not have been a lot of, like, husky calls. <laughs> yeah. Acting calls. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting that uh, that they, uh, you know, I wonder if costume supervisor really runs into the dogs very often. But, yeah, I thought it was a weird, <laughs> weird coincidence. Um, I had some weird names. Oh, yeah, we haven't done our weird names yet. Yeah. Go for it. I had Willie Witten, which is just fun to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Michael Orifice, oh, which is Lord. just a bad name. I'm so sorry for that guy. And then in the credits, there is a Danny Gill, Archie L. Gillett, and a Tim Gillett. I just like that there's three Gil Gil Gills like right in. <laughs> say that one more time. Gil Gil Gil. <laughs> I also like the name Archie Gillett. That's it cool. is kind of Archie L. Gillett. Sorry. Not to be confused Archie with the L. other Gillett. Archie Gillett. <laughs> Those are my names of the week. Good picks. Good picks. <laughs> um, I had uh, the other script supervisor, the one for the British Columbia unit, was Christine Wilson. Um, so she might have also been the other one who got pregnant and had to leave. I'm not sure. Not every woman gets pregnant. No, well, proper. I just know it was a woman, and the <laughs> and both script supervisors were women, and they're like the only women on the like active crew. So I don't know. And, but see, it is weird though because there is like a woman as costume supervisor, but she maybe wasn't on set all the time. No, I don't maybe know. she did all the work beforehand. Yeah, I mean these guys don't change outfits all that often. I no. guess. Um, just jackets. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she also worked on a, a whole bunch of cool movies up until this year. She's worked on a X-Men 2, Jennifer's Body, and Okja, for example. Those are so, all cool. Yeah, so good movies. <laughs> um, okay, and then I had uh, this uh, the guy who was the still photographer, Chris uh, Hel- Helsermanis Benj. I don't know how you say his last name. It's a long name. Um I looked this guy up. I was trying to find his website. I wish he had a website. He's worked. He's been a photographer for 330 movies and TV shows. That's which insane. Is insane. That's like the Especially because most... most of that was probably film. Yeah. I, like, I can't even imagine the amount of film he went through with all this stuff. But yeah, he, I think he worked for Universal. So he did, like, he was, like, their on-staff photographer. So he, like, went to the sets of, like, every movie that they did from, like, you know, 70s on. Or I can't remember when his first credit was. But... Yeah, so just tons and tons of stuff. Like what? Um, oh, I don't know. I can look it up oh. really quick. Uh, <laughs> you can't say there's like 300 and not tell us stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me look him up. Starting in the 50s, uh, in 58, uh, let's see, some other, some movies and stuff that he did. The Thing was actually one of his earlier ones. It's like his seventh or eighth credit. Hmm. Um, let's see what other ones stand out as we scroll through here. Uh, a lot of stuff I've never heard of. A lot of TV movies, looks like. Well, I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize any of the stuff so far. MacGyver. Okay, yes, yeah, so MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I was trying to look him up, the only like in- thing I found about him is he did an interview with a MacGyver fan site. Mm. 
Uh, Ernest goes to jail. Yeah, Ernest. 21 Jump Street. Yeah. It. Oh, yeah, that's cool. The the TV miniseries of It. Yeah. A MacGyver movie. Uh, the Omen. Oh, wait, no, it's not the good one. It's no. 1995. <laughs> Highlander. One of the Highlander movies. No, the TV show. Oh, TV show. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there it is. The TV show. Sliders. Millenni- What's Sliders? <laughs> it's an awesome TV show. <laughs> all right. And that's all you need to know. We'll see about it recently. Let me scroll way up here. Uh, Woody Woodpecker. They're making a Woody Woodpecker movie? Oh, Lord. Kindergarten Cop 2. <laughs> Blair Witch. Oh, Colossal. I don't know. This guy is underwhelming me now. <sighs> we'll see. You shouldn't well, have made he me said Robo. At the top, it says Robocop. That's the, that's the new Robocop. Mm. But still. In the name of the King of Dungeon Siege Tale. <gasps> we love that movie. That is a great movie. <laughs> So anyways, he's done tons and tons of photography. And uh, yeah, I'll put a link to it because just coincidentally searching for him, I also came across like the greatest article about the thing I've ever seen. It's like it's like 100 pages and it's got all these scans of like magazine articles and interviews. It's really, really awesome. So I'm going to link to that just because I found it while researching for this minute. Uh, right at the end of the podcast. I really wish I'd found that <laughs> earlier. But uh, yeah, it was super cool and had some really interesting stuff in it. Um, oh, the last note I had about uh, Mr. Helser Manis Benj, uh, when searching for him, I found his Discogs account, <laughs> which uh, for those unfamiliar, Discogs is uh, mostly for record collectors. Um, I have an account and you can like make your wish. It's, you can make a wish list and, and like categorize or catalog your collection, but you can also buy stuff. It's like almost like an eBay for, for music, for mostly for vinyl. Um, but yeah, it had his, uh, his vinyl collection consisted of one record and that was the soundtrack to Detroit Rock City. Weird. So, yeah. <laughs> Take that as you will. Um the other thing we had on this one, we didn't talk about the stop motion guys. We we talked about them a whole lot just a few weeks ago with uh with Katie, but um we decided to uh pick out our favorite stop motion yeah, stuff. You get two lists in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, what what was your list is a di- kind of different than mine? Uh it's kind of it's Mostly movies that used miniatures, good movies. Cool. Not necessarily stop motion. Okay, and well, which is fine because yeah, they use miniatures a lot of this too. So yeah, you did miniatures, and I did I did like live action movies that have great stop motion animation within them for like certain scenes and stuff. Okay. So why don't you do yours first? Number one, The Dark Knight, the Tumblr chase scene. Oh, <laughs> I could go on for hours about how awesome that you is. You can go on for like one minute. Okay. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that because they, Christopher Nolan does it a lot where he uses, he only uses CGI when he has to, A, but all, B, he also uses a combination of techniques. So that whole scene, you can watch like the behind the scenes. They use miniatures, like a, uh, like a remote controlled dump truck and yeah. Batmobile that are like, like a, a foot long, something like that. Uh, they use miniatures, they use the real thing, and then they also use CGI, like to just kind of blend the two mostly. And but it looks amazing. It looks 100% convincing. And then I didn't know it was miniatures. Yeah, when you look <laughs> at the special features, you can see like a guy like walk up and like put his foot next to it. It's crazy looking. Yeah. Good choice. I wrote also with The Dark Knight, well, I another Nolan film, I have Inception, but I think it's just the like mountain lodge. Yeah. Blow up. The fortress. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know that's, that's the only scene that's in... Maybe the train? The train that, like, bursts through the street and crashes into them? Maybe, yeah. I wonder if that's a miniature. Knowing him, it could be. It could. I didn't think about that. I only saw an info on the fortress. Yeah, I've seen pictures of guys building that fortress. It's super cool because it's huge. Uh, what else you got? 
Uh, Jurassic Park, the T-Rex attack, which I didn't know was a miniature. Wait, what, which part of it? When the T-Rex is on top of the car. Really? I mean, I, hmm, I want to go back. I saw on, a picture of it. Well, I, I totally believe you. Thing? Oh. Well, I believe you. I know that there's the, um, I know they did animatronics for that. And obviously there's some parts of it that are CG, like when he's biting the tires, that's yeah. like CG. But um, yeah, I wonder which parts are miniature. I totally believe you, but because uh, I know that movie uses a bunch of different It sounds like kinds. you don't believe me. <laughs> I just try, I'm trying <laughs> the to think internet of... internet told me. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of which part would be miniature. That's really cool, though. I love that movie, and I love that scene. Yeah. And then we already talked about it in the last episode, but Terminator. That's oh, more stop man. motion stuff, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, I'll just go ahead and say I had that on my list, too, because the whole in the first Terminator, the whole, like when he like walks out of the fire is like the most terrifying thing ever. Like it scared yeah. the bejesus out of me as a kid. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. And then this is these three. I'll just lump together because I think it's mostly like cityscapes or ships. Mm. So there's aliens. Nostromo is oh, a yeah. miniature and blade runner. Some of the city stuff. Oh yeah. And then grand Budapest hotel. The actual hotel is a miniature. When and they the, do the exterior, and that one's like very obvious. Yeah, like it's meant to. But look it looks like cool. A, it looks like, <laughs> like a model. But yeah, yeah, those are good examples. So I threw those all together because they're like cityscapes. Cool. Yeah, those Blade Runner ones in particular are totally amazing. And then I mean, I guess you could throw on Star Wars too, but we've talked about I that. Guess Star Wars. Yeah, yeah like all the ships and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is awesome. We have right. to bring up Star Wars again. <laughs> so yeah, so my my list is stop motion. Uh, live action movies that have great stop motion animation in them. So uh, on my first first one on my list is The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's funny. I, when I was looking, I thought this is the first one I thought of, and most people think about like the ATATs or um, you know that stuff. You mean but, the at ats? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. At <laughs> Imperial Walker. Um, but uh, actually, the one that always comes to mind for me is the Tauntaun. That's to me, that's one of the most memorable stop motion things in movies. I don't know why, but it, I just love the way it looks, and I think they blend it really well with the puppet that they cut uh, cut back and forth from. So yeah, that one was was the first one on my list. Um, the next one on my list is a, a movie or pair of movies that I think you really hate, and those are the movies of Jan Svankmeyer, mm. uh, such as Alice. You remember when we watched Alice? I don't uh, think I hated it. Well, most of you probably hated it because after... So, for those who haven't seen it, these are like these super surreal movies. And his adaptation of Alice in Wonderland called Alice, every line of the movie, somebody says something, and then they cut to a little girl's mouth saying, said the white rabbit, or said <laughs> I Alice. I think I hated when you started quoting that yeah. 24-7. <laughs> so, yeah, for a while after we watched that movie, I liked it so much, I kept saying, like, said the white rabbit after everything I said. <laughs> Pretty annoying. Um, but yeah, both those movies, uh, Alice and Faust that he did, um, are the two, my two favorites of his, have these super trippy and amazing um, and really creepy, especially in Faust, super, super creepy um, stop motion and uh, some great puppet stuff too. So those are really cool. Um, let's go classic on this one. Jason and the Argonauts. Some, That's pretty classic. Some rare, uh, Ray, excuse me, some hair. Oh my God, I cannot say his name. <laughs> Ray Harryhausen. Um, Which we saw an exhibit of his in London. Yeah, in the weirdest cool. museum we've ever been in. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for a whole other time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we saw a lot of the actual models of this stuff. But yeah, the the um, the skeletons, uh, the whole scene fighting the skeletons is like one of my all time favorite stop motion scenes. It's so super cool looking and just looks totally believable and also weird and 
I don't know. It's just it's just amazing. Um, I also had uh, Evil Dead one and two, which yeah. has just awesome effects all around. I've uh, brought that movie up, uh, Evil Dead two, a few times on the show, but um, yeah, some really cool stop motion effects of like you know when, when the when the face is like rotting away and like the tongue is like licking around and I'll swallow your soul. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of awesome stuff in that. Um, we talked about the Terminator, and the last one I had on my list was. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, in particular, do you know what's the stop motion scene I'm, that I, I, that uh, made me think of it? No. The end of the movie, when someone chooses poorly. Oh, when he melts. Yeah, well, well, yeah. In Raiders, they melt, which is like that's probably a miniature. Well, I don't know if that was life size or not, but no. In this one, it's not that he melts; it's that he ages like super, super fast. He like yeah. basically turns into an old man and then a skeleton and then like yeah, crumbles into creepy. dust. It's scared Kinda like Roger Rabbit. Yeah, creepy. totally. <laughs> Both those movies, the ends of those movies, scared the living shit out of me as a little kid, and so those have really stuck with me. So yeah, that um, the ending of uh, Last Crusade is some awesome stop motion. Um, I think that was all I had for minute one oh seven. So do you have any other notes on any of the uh, any of the credits? I don't think so. Cool. Uh, I think that'll wrap up uh, minute 107, but don't forget you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at The Thing Minute, and you can uh, tell us your favorite uh, wigs or hairstyles or stop motion miniature moments in movies. Uh, so give us your your top five, your rundowns. Um, but in the meantime, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. (laughs) 